All right, so as it hits 9 o'clock here, 10 o'clock in the Central Standard Time, or <laughs> 10 o'clock uh, Eastern Standard Time, 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, uh, this is uh, Goat Zoom Room slash Goat Spaces uh, discussing what can only be uh, described as quite the scam, I guess, would be a good way of putting it, uh, regarding Empire International Bloodstock and the connections of a horse that uh, sent me the information yesterday. And basically it has played out on Twitter for the last couple days. Uh, but the horse's name was Sir Squiggly. The syndicate was named was named uh, Squiggly Syndicate, I do believe. I got to get my notes here real quick. But uh, basically, brand new people are trying to get into the game, and this guy was sent there by a person. Uh, who shall, I mean, it's in the story that we wrote on G-O-A-T, uh, handicapping.com, but basically it was pretty nightmarish uh, with everything going on and the way he told the story. Um, Squiggly Syndicate uh, wanted to purchase a two-year-old and uh, went to Alex. Uh, the group reached out to Alex, who is UAE Racing, and we'll get to the whole Alex situation in a bit here as well, along with some other information that we found out earlier today or later today. But um, pretty much 20,000 20, pounds were given to Gary Wood to procure a horse and to travel to Tiest for the Osiris uh, sales and uh, basically uh, took the money of of these people, I guess would be a good way to put it, Caitlin? Yes, definitely seems like he took money from all these people that were interested in being a part of the syndicate, most of it being young people from what I've get, um, gathered because um, we can certainly get into more of this later, but I was actually approached by these individuals to help start up a United States-based of the Empire Bloodstock. Um, and I just kind of had a little bit of a bad feeling right away. And I mean, I stayed in touch with him, but nothing really um, came of it. Um, last time I spoke to him was in October. And then I see this news on Twitter yesterday, and I was like, wow, you know, obviously walked away at a good time and didn't um, give them any monetary value. But I definitely feel for the people that did because, you know, <laughs> I think he took a lot of people for a ride. Like I said, it was something that seemed like, you know, they were trying to get young people involved. Um, they asked me a lot about my race course and um, what's the other syndicate? Um, There's a lot of them. There's Wasabi Ventures, which is a legitimate, a legitimately run syndicate. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Churchill Downs Racing Group. We have Lone Star Club. Um, depends on what part of the country you're in and whether or not you right. want to be a part of that. So, 
Yeah, um, they were looking to purchase a filly at um, a French sale and bring her over to California. That's odd. That's that. That seems like a long way away to bring a French filly, um, especially when you have uh, Monsieur Gay Hubert in uh, California that does mm-hmm. most of the French uh, connection kind of deal there. But Gary Wood basically um, told, basically got uh, the syndicate, Squiggly Syndicate, uh, a trainer by the name of. Ikiri Simone Brogi, who has about 50 horses in his yard at last count. And uh, they did their due diligence as far as it's concerned when it came to this. They saw an ad in the in a magazine or a newspaper or a racing program with Empire International. Uh, they reached out to Gary Wood and basically came out with uh, wanting to have him, once they spoke to him, they wanted him to be the person that purchased the, the horse. And the horse in question was a horse by the name, was Sir Squiggly. Uh, he's out of uh, recorder by Touch Me Now. Uh, but here's where here's where the shadiness begins, I guess. Um, because, I mean, it, it doesn't take more than three months to get approved through the France Gallup, which is a governing body of French racing. And it's pretty straightforward on how to do it. Um, They didn't need Simone. Uh, Apparently Gary had Simone uh, as a person of interest in this to discuss uh, registering the syndicate and basically came to... um, came to doing three months of training fees, should be paid in advance, but they had already paid up to six months um, through Empire International to start this syndicate. It takes three months to do the, it takes up to three months to get approved by the French Gallup, which is a racing French racing uh, party. And then basically either one or two ways will start. You contact the owner's department directly or you do the online approval request. When that was done, which which really in all honesty just took me about 20 minutes once I deciphered how to read French. Um, and I failed French, so let's hope I just didn't sign over my life. But, but then what they're stating is you get a reply within a maximum of three months. So in three months, you should be able to do this. But here is the syndicate waiting nine months to have a response. And basically, the Interior Ministry contacts you, which is basically the, ju- the judicial police, uh, to assess whether or not you're good enough to be an owner. And I'm not. I'm pretty sure that never occurred, um, based on the conversations I've had, uh, which is already bad. Uh, Sir Squiggly ends up having a fatal injury. Brogy contacts Gary Wood. And, of course, Gary Wood doesn't say anything for two weeks and asks for more money. So now that the syndicate's down like 31, 40,000, and, you know, basically they're looking for stuff. So what did you come up with when you were sp- speaking with, um, with Squiggly and all that as far as, like, 
because I mean we we do have some stuff that that wasn't put out there. Caitlin. What? Did you not hear what I just said? <laughs> no, I did. I didn't think that you were referencing me to have an input. Yes. So what did you find out uh, when you, I mean, you got all the files. So um, out of all, everything that you, you read, what, what does it basically come down to? Basically, the best way I can sum it up um, is just that he took all of the money from these people disappeared the syndicate was never registered through france gallup or anywhere else which france gallup is the racing jurisdiction in france um and that was never paid up the horse was never registered the syndicate was never recognized but he took all of this money and just disappeared and to add insult to injury sir squiggly ended up having to be euthanized on the gallops because of a broken shoulder okay so you found out exactly why i wasn't i wasn't privy to find out exactly why um, one thing we did do is we did, I personally efforted to try to get Gary Woods side of the story and never received a response. Uh, the one, the one thing I do want to ask you, because I know you read the same stuff as I did. Do you not find it odd that during the conversations back and forth between Phil and James, who are part of the member, Phil is a member of the syndicate james appears to be some sort of friend of gary's that each time each time they're having a discussion regarding the mediation or whether or not they can have the finances their biggest deal is you got to take the post down now you can't you can't leave them up there like that it seems like it I hate to say this, but it seems like it's a Baffert issue to where it's like, oh, you're personally attacking my family. You're personally attacking me and my business. Well, you did something wrong. What do you yeah. expect? Another thing that always struck me as odd in the conversations that I had with Gary before all of this came out, um, and it shows based on some of the information I received from members from the syndicate, was that all of this was conducted on WhatsApp. I mean, I know that they use WhatsApp as a, you know, texting medium throughout Europe because, I mean, obviously there's charges when you're texting people out of other countries. And I've talked to plenty of people on WhatsApp from Europe for business reasons. But I just like, and maybe I feel different about it because we're in America and we can all text each other here and it's not an issue, but it just seems kind of unprofessional to me. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why you can't pick up a phone or anything yeah. like that. And maybe any or of our, emails. yeah, I, I think any of our listeners that are in England that want to kind of are in Europe want to kind of chime in if that's kind of something that happens quite a bit there because, um, you know, our connections, we usually go through Twitter, right? I mean, right. we go through Twitter, we text each other as far as our European connections. So that's kind of, that's kind of, strange so anybody that wants to go ahead and request uh to discuss that that's fine uh, one other interesting deal is that a sales company stated that uh, gary wood came into 
South Africa, representing Empire International, purchased the sales topper at a South African sale and for 60000 and they never sent any money. <laughs> they never received the money for the horse. So I would love to know exactly where that is uh, now. It would be interesting to find out. I know that's kind of difficult to do, but it would be nice to know. Obviously, I, I mean, we could do due diligence, and I, I can probably follow that up tomorrow. But I, th I find it kind of interesting that, that that is what's occurring. It's all very strange to me. And to be honest, when I first saw this news come out yesterday, I was stunned. Absolutely stunned. Because I will say about Alex, I've known Alex for quite some time, and he put his heart and soul into all of this. And I mean, to feel like you know somebody, and then it turns out they've just pulled the wool over your eyes. It's just so devastating. And I mean, I don't see why all of these people would lie about this. So let's get to Alex. Alex is UAE racing, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he did come out with a tweet today um, that I feel bad for him because, I mean, he put his name and all that information yeah. out there. So for those that didn't follow the tweet or don't know about the tweet, uh, what, does, what basically uh, occurred and what did he uh, tweet out? Let me go to his page, and I will read you the full statement. Okay. That's a pinned tweet. Okay, so basically, he um, replied to the thread about the, um, that was on the Sir Squiggly Twitter, just about, you know, everything coming to light. And his whole statement says, I'm not sure if it is right for me to speak on this, but I have no other choice. I was left in the dark for the vast majority of what is happening with EIB. I was contacted earlier this year by Gary from EIB with promises to set up syndicates in the United States, Dubai, and all over the world. He ensured me things would be run properly and it would be a potential out for my job that I'm currently in because, as you know, I do love horses. He said payments every month would come as part of my work. I only received one payment from Gary in which I would work on setting up potential new clients, finding people to invest in running all of the social media channels and YouTube, which I cannot, I can see now was all a ruse. What has gone on not has only devastated me, but overwhelmed me to the point where I'm not sure I will continue to follow horse racing anymore. For someone who I was close with to do what he has done to lie to myself, to other colleagues, in question and pretend to take us on trips to the sales knowing full well what he was doing and lying to our faces is just a despicable act. I apologize to those who I put in contact with Gary. I thought I had known him for the past eight years now. I have met him numerous times and would always he was always welcoming, talkative, and I would never have expected this to happen. And clearly, I didn't know this man for his intentions. For those who have been taken for their money, I am sorry. I hold my hands up and I can and will do anything to find information that I can to help resolve this. So you have one. So the way the way Gary Wood works for everybody that wants to understand this. Uh, obviously, Caitlin was brought was they attempted to bring Caitlin on as part of the I guess the U.S. conglomerate for the syndicate. Um, they used Alex for, I'm going to assume, the United Arab Emirates because UAE is in his name. 
Um, And he brought some people along. They didn't get what they wanted, obviously, because he's finding out now the hard way. Um, I had a gentleman actually text me or tweet me uh, privately and basically stated that he's now, uh, now that he's been made aware of it, he's hoping more people will come out publicly against Gary Wood because there are a ton of, because this does not seem to be an isolated incident to where you have a major uh, bloodstock agent coming out and say, and, and doing these things. Uh, and they've been left holding the bank for, for literally thousands of dollars. He didn't put an estimate, but he said it was big enough that um, he's definitely getting his ducks in a line. So, um, uh, I asked several people that were involved in this if they could tell me just in a ballpark figure of about how much money was stolen or changed hands throughout High Blaze, throughout the um, course of this. It's upwards of between 100 and 200,000. That's a lot of money. That's just, and this is pounds. This isn't dollars. That's what the scary part is. So that's. Yeah. So in U.S. dollars, it's probably around $300,000. Yes. I'm going to assume that you are about right on that. Of course, I am horrible with. What's this? I'm doing it right now, though. Uh, 265000 U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's so, a ton of money. Um, quarter of a million groups. dollars. Yeah. For that. So, and the reason why uh, that syndicate that brought this to my attention was because we brought up a situation with a U.S. bloodstock agent that works for Gary West, um, in which just for the past three years... It just seemed like a lot of the the business he was doing seemed kind of odd um, and kind of kind of unethical or unscrupulous in my eyes. And I did say, hey, if he wants to come on and discuss it, he can. He didn't want to. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of difficult to get to a situation to where you have new owners and they want to be able to buy horses and they can't because they don't know whether or not to to do it. Well, yeah, and I mean, something like this comes to light, and it's now like, can you even trust people? Um, I don't, I'm not sure how many people actually are aware of this stuff or how to become aware of it or were involved in it, but I think this will probably go down as one of the biggest scams in European racing history, that's for sure. That, that, and you've been around that long enough to know that, I mean, that's pretty bad. It's bad. So, uh, for, for listeners who may want to get into it, how would you go about, what would you tell them if they want to start a syndicate or not, as far as, as far as what to do? Because, I mean, it, I mean, here, here's a syndicate that went and did their due diligence. They went ahead and they did, everything they possibly needed to do to try to cover themselves and it still bit them in the behind. So what, what precautions do you think you, you would do as far as them, as, as far as they are concerned? Unfortunately, I think the big thing has to be, um, 
if you're wanting to do this right and have it, you know, be profitable in the end and really work out and maybe get yourself a good horse, you're going to have to pay up and work with somebody that's reputable. I mean, I know that that isn't a resource a lot of people that are younger have, you know, when you're putting already putting in several thousands of dollars potentially buy a horse and you have to pay training fees, you have to pay a bloodstock agent. Um, but really don't cut corners on this stuff. Find somebody that is reputable that you know has bought good racehorse in the past. People that are huge industry members, ask them for advice. Who are you getting your horses from? You know, who go to somebody that is reputable, has information to back them up like don't you can't cut corners on this stuff like it has to you have to find somebody that is going to be worth it in the long run yeah i mean one of the things that i i tell client i tell people when when i'm looking at horses when i'm looking at horses for people is i always tell them to do their due diligence, but also to make sure that when it comes to the finance part, get a bill for everything. Yes. See the bill yourself. Make sure you're the one cutting the checks and sending them to the appropriate people. You, The only thing that a bloodstock agent or need, truly needs is to have, is to get a check for their portion of the finances, whatever that is. And you can directly deal with with the owners. Uh, Mad Max wanted to interject here, so I let him go ahead. So thanks for listening, Mad Max. What's going on? Yeah, hi guys. Good night. Thanks of all for doing this. Um, I'm part of the members of the Squiggly Syndicate, so I'm one of oh, the ten cool. guys who founded it. So I just wanted to give you guys a chance to ask any questions and catch up. I'm calling in from middle of the night Scotland, but I'm happy to answer whatever I can. Um, oh my gosh, I'm so eager to hear about us because I mean, yeah. So obviously, in retrospect, I mean, there was probably many chances through the nine months in total. This has probably been going on, um, where in retrospect you see the red flags and probably something we should have picked up on. But as first-time owners, we really got the wool pulled over our eyes there. Um, and I know you guys were speaking about communication earlier and. Yeah, uh, originally some folk, I think it was by UAE Alex, and we'd obviously heard the success stories of Gary Woods, and um, he, he'd um, sold horses to Dubai, he'd had winners there, he'd had sold horses to Spain, um, and, and all of these things, um, and we had a couple of chats with him ourselves, so we had m multiple Zoom calls with him leading up to it, discussing what we want from ownership, uh, how we'd like to see it, what our finances are like. And I think the initial discussion was about whether we wanted to buy a horse in the UK. Um, most of us are UK or Ireland based. Um, but then the idea came up of buying a horse in France. Um, and the idea was um, that it's no real difference for people to fly from Ireland to England than it is for all of us to fly to France. And buying a horse that's bred in France in France brings you the French owner's premium when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the rewards from the races themselves. Um, so that's how it started, first of all. Um, and then we'd uh, put out the sale, the Osara sale is, uh, at La Teste. Had a, spent another call going through pedigrees, going through the pages, setting up our shortlist. 
um, and you know the sort of budget was set up, which I believe was around about twenty thousand pounds, and that included a uh, purchase price for the horse. That included what Gary said was the court uh, was the price for syndicate registration, uh, his flights. You know, he had a bill for going out there in our name, um, and everything else. And then it's a two day breeze up sale. He went there. We got videos. We went. Most of us watched it on the live stream. Uh, we went over what we wanted to buy the next day, and then the auction happened the next day with Gary representing us. Um, and as we then found out far later, now at this point, I think the, the sale was originally in February, is that one of the main parts is that Asaris didn't actually get the money from him for about three months. So I don't really know how that's possible that they were looking after a horse in between, but we had very limited information because we were told the entire time Simone Brogy wanted Gary as the middleman. What we found out now is that while we were wanting to speak to Simone, Simone was wanting to speak to us. But Simone was told by Gary that we wanted him to be the middleman. And he played his game. He played both sides, essentially, from there on out. Now, as far as I'm aware, Osiris did get their money, although with a hefty delay. And the original purchase price for the horse, which I believe was 16,000 euros or so. Um, which is still a conversion from us in pounds, but it was well within, well, the upper range of our budget, but it was well within our budget. Um, but it, that was the other delay. What we then found out now by essentially sending Simone a condolences email, as we hadn't been able to get in touch with him for this long, and then finding out that the horse had unfortunately suffered an injury in training and had to be put down, is that Simone, along those big seven months since the sale, has never received a single training fee um, from Gary, who was forwarding us the monthly bills um, from Simone, and they were legit bills. We had a legit bill from EI Bloodstock for the sales and Gary going over there, and we were getting monthly bills from Eculia Simon Brogi. They were French bills, um, summing up the training costs. We were transferring money for vet fees and uh, for the vet examinations along the way. Um, and it just turns out that Simone had been left without any transfers from Gary in the meanwhile, um, being sold excuses along the lines of, oh, the bank isn't transferring the money, I'm speaking to the bank manager, and so on, and so on. So that's sort of, he was playing both sides at the same time, which and we had no way to really get into contact with Simone directly. We did speak to him once or twice along the journey, I'm not sure. Um, but he did join a Zoom call with us and Gary at some point as well when we were deciding whether he was going to be our trainer. And I think there's zero blame to be placed on Simone here. And he's, he seems a very reputable trainer and we were very excited to have our horse with him. It's just that both ourselves and Simone were having the wool pulled over our eyes by Gary Woods as the middleman. So my question is, um, was Simone sending this paperwork and these bills to Gary and he was just never, he was sending it to you, but then was not sending the money to Simone or were these falsified documents? As far as I'm aware, they're legit bills um, that Simone sent to Gary being our middleman as Simone believed we wanted Gary to be our middleman acting here. Um, and they were legit French bills and euros. We split the amount between us 10, 12 guys and sent the money to Gary only for us to find out that Gary had never transferred a penny to Simone for training fees anywhere along the lines, which we're now aware of, he was getting more disgruntled with as we went along. Um, 
and he was demanding to speak to us directly, which Gary was dodging both ways, as we were also getting more disgruntled, wanting to speak to Simone directly, wanting to figure out what was taking so long, what was going on for so long. And of course, the cherry on top is that the week of the horse suffering the fatal injury, Gary then demanded a three-month upfront payment as what he described to be the final step to our front galop registration. Well, why would you need a registration if the horse so, so is the, dead? Well, this we didn't know the horse was dead because Gary was keeping that a secret from us. So Gary actually demanded this three-month payment and then spent a week chasing down every last person to pay it. And little did we know that the day he demanded the payment, the horse had died, which we only found out two weeks later. So the horse had been dead for two weeks before you found out about it? Yes, while Gary was chasing us up for this supposed three-month upfront payment that was going to finally settle all of our issues. And the Franz Galop thing had been an issue anyway. We, are, we were very well aware that it shouldn't take nine months to register a syndicate. So I believe we were getting that process started in February. He took a lot of our personal details for that process, um, which is, you know, an issue in itself. Um, and then very well being aware, being in the UK, hearing about well, French bureaucracy, we, we thought with COVID, French bureaucracy, it might take three to six months. That's okay. Um, he then contacted us when we kept pushing him in about August. So this would be about four months after. We pushed him what was happening with France Gallop, and he then told us some of us were missing information, and he had the cheek to demand more personal information from us, saying, this will now settle the application. Our plan at this point very well being that once the application had been settled, we would get rid of Gary, as we weren't quite sure why he was still in the loop at this point anyway, because right. he was obviously just meant to be the bloodstock agent. Andy, do you have any questions? Um, I'm trying to think uh, because I'm, I'm sure I have a thousand of them. Uh, <laughs> my, my head is honestly just spinning right now. I just I, so how do you think we feel. <laughs> I mean, I, I know that I know that uh, PT Racing's on as well, and he's been approved. He's I think he's already able to speak, so I think he's yes, one I of your syndicate people. But yeah, uh, here here. I guess here's my dilemma. I guess here's my question. And it's kind of twofold, and either of you two can answer it. But number one, did either of you see bills from Osar, uh, Osiris uh, Sales? Uh, two, did you guys see any of the vet bills that came from Broji? And the vet bills coming from Broji, or were they all just things that Gary Woods was putting together? So all the bills that we saw were legit. I don't think I personally saw um, a bill from Osiris, though there was a bill for EIB's whole trip to France. Um, but there were certainly multiple legit vet bills because the horse did have a period in between where I'm not quite sure if it was chin splints or something along the line, it needed to take a break. So it needed a couple of vet checks in between. And there was certainly a legit vet bill that Simone got his French vet out there, the vet of his trust, and we were forwarded that full bill with the full veterinary um, history, horse history um, of the injury. And that was certainly legit. But I'll let Phil say his bit. Go ahead, Phil. Here. 
I think he's getting working on getting it turned on. Yeah, no worries. But um, there certainly wasn't the official bill from Osiris that we ever saw, but I do remember there being an EI bloodstock bill from the entire trip to France. See, I don't... So, uh, based on whoever... So there are a lot of people that I know of that... How... In, in the States, it's so much different, right, Caitlin? I mean, for me personally, ten, nine out of ten times, I'm going to go and go to the sale. I'll let, I'll let people know that I'm going to the sale, and if they want me to look at something, I'll look at it for them. I'm not going right. to charge them to look at horses, uh, number one. Number two, I'm also not going to uh, – it's a right uh, – to me, I think it's – it's more ethical to just say, hey, I'm going to be here. Uh, you need me to look at something. If you buy something, this is what I charge for looking at it and getting the vet work done. And did you guys ever bother to get a vet, like, to look at the horse before you guys purchased it? Um, there was a there was a vet at the sales uh, that looked at the horse. So, so it was vet checked at the sales. And as far as I'm aware, that's part of the normal process of an Asara sale, that that would be checked through. Um, and so it was vet checked. We saw the breeze up. Uh, the Gary, on our behalf, with Simone, who was present as well, um, saw the horse in person. And at the end of day one, we had another call to sort of discuss what they thought during the day and what our battle plan was for the sales. We were obviously looking at multiple lots, depending on what would fall in our price range for the second day um, for the actual auction. As um, going to be the person that purchased this horse along with everybody else that was in your syndicate, were you guys ever privy to seeing um, the vet workup on the horse that was done at the sale? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I've got a feeling that we did see it. It's it's actually quite a while away, and we've had so much to think about since that I'm not right. sure off the top of my head. But it was February, and as far as I'm aware, we did get to see the vet's copy and if I'm not entirely mistaken, it might even be that it was on the Osiris website at the time. So Osiris has a pretty well set up and coded website where um, as the live stream is running, it shows you the pedigree page, it shows you pictures of the horse, it shows you the vet report. So I think it's it's natural that every horse in the sales get cleared. We are, we're not concerned that the scam involved the horse per se. It was the person, the facilitator who was the scam artist. Um, and in all the money that we're demanding back, we know that he actually ended up paying Asaris in the end, although with a huge delay, and the 16,000 euros for the horse, we're not asking back for because we did somehow end up buying a horse. It just unfortunately suffered an injury in training. Right. And I mean, for him to withhold veterinary information kind of makes no sense because that just makes it even worse for the horse, you know, to have maybe had some issues and then would have yeah. wound up injured and certainly you know you said the trainer also did some vet checks and you had vet bills for that so that's something that nobody could have had any indication um that that would have happened too many parties involved for that to kind of have flown under the radar but i was just wanting to make sure that you know since he was using your money that yeah. you were privy so, to what the horse looked like inside and out i want to get believe oops go ahead sorry Sorry, yeah, I do believe that horse health-wise, we didn't have much concerns even after all of this comes out. Um, I think the issue was with the money being withheld from the trainer, 
but we are quite aware that Simone had a high opinion of the horse and we certainly trusted his opinion more than Gary's anyway as things went along and as we're speaking to him now but there was certainly the proper veterinary work was done on the horse and it's it, it's not our suspicion that anything fishy went on with the horse's health it's more that it on top of everything else that had happened it is really unfortunate that the horse suffered a rare injury with uh with a shoulder breaking in multiple places and had to be euthanized but we also saw the veterinary report from that and it certainly all happened and if anything it prevented us from getting scammed more in the long run <laughs> right just a very crappy circumstance that yeah yeah and it certainly ruined whatever gary's long-term play was when he found out that the horse had died on top of everything else so i want to bring in phil here if he's available and yeah, yeah. and yeah. uh Tell us, tell us where this is leading to now. Um, as I reported, you started you started doing some legal in, legal action in regards to this. Uh, where is it? Where is it at this stage right now? So, um, as of this evening, um, we the, the money still hasn't been received from from Gary, um, and I've. Put, put a, an account together with um, an organization called Action Fraud in the UK. And they're a, effectively like a pre-screening service for the, for the police in the UK, um, where you submit your details and they send it off to the National Fraud Centre who make an assessment to decide whether there's going to be a prosecution. Um, unfortunately, we, we have to put in a, a, an individual claim for each member of the syndicate, you can't make a claim for 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 the syndicate. Um, but but if once you make the claim, um, all of the separate claims get added to the same account because it relates to the same individual. Um, what they have said is that if there is other people out there that have been um, subject to a similar situation with Gary, they could, including people that are based overseas, they can make a similar report to action fraud and if they provide the same details then that will be added to gary's account as well and throughout this process i've been notified by people in four different jurisdictions that um this is something that gary has done in countries as far as field as dubai south africa um and spain so i put out a tweet this yesterday evening now um letting people know that We've been reported Gary to action fraud, and that if they were interested in reporting their own experience, then if they got in touch, um, I could let them know the details that we reported, um, so that they could give the same details to action fraud, which was the advice given by the action fraud team. I, I find it I find it disturbing. Um, all of this, I mean, you know. I, I, that's, that's Phil, all. Phil, Phil basically said uh, because... It's just insane. And I think the craziest thing is that he's, you know, been able to get away from this in multiple countries. And I've never heard of him. Certainly doesn't sound like you guys had ever heard of this past dirty laundry with him. I mean, otherwise he would have never been hired. So I'm just wondering how Alex and some other people just kind of ended up with him. 
Um, I, I think that with all of these things, um, you know, we've we reflected on it a lot over the last few weeks. I think there's an awful lot of embarrassment when you go through a situation like this. You look at yourself and think, how did I get caught out? And no doubt some of the other listeners will be thinking, how did you not ask more questions? How did you not contact Simone um, earlier? You know, that's the, the, the skill that these people have is that they're convincing. Um, and then when you're caught out, you feel incredibly stupid. Um, and so from what I've been able to understand from the people that have been involved previously, um, they've just either put it to down to bad experience and moved on. Um, in a couple of cases, I think they've managed to get some money back because they've been able to leverage a, a particular situation with, with Gary where you know he, he had to pay, otherwise something would happen. Um, and I think in, in other situations, probably the horse didn't die. Um, so when people put up on enough pressure, he was able to do something which you know, stopped them from from taking the, the, the final steps that we have. Um, I think it is, it's incredible in, a, in an industry like the horse racing industry that, that somebody has been able to get away with it four or five, five different times, which is why I reached out to, to you two. Um, because in all of, of what I've heard so far, I haven't heard that Gary's been active in some of a, a couple of the bigger horse racing countries, including the States, Australia, um, and, and Ireland, actually. And so I, I contacted people to try and see if we can raise visibility in those jurisdictions so that he can be prevented from targeting people there. Because I, I think it's unlikely that he'll be able to get away with it again in the UK. The US certainly has their problems within racing. I'm sure you guys have heard just about all the hoopla that's gone on in the US this year. But, um, you know, I understand feeling the way you feel, but also you shouldn't feel that way because I think it's just human nature to kind of want to believe the best in people and believe that people aren't bad, um, no matter what type of business you're in, what type of industry. But certainly, as long as it's out there, and I mean, the internet, Twitter, social media is a very powerful thing. So if anybody just Googles his name, like, this is going to come up. So I would certainly think no matter what jurisdiction it is, he would never be able to get away with this again. And, you know, I hope that you guys are able to recoup some of that money that you lost and just really go after this guy. Because, I mean, it, he didn't kill the horse, but, I mean, it just kind of adds insult to injury that not only were your investments stolen, but in a way it feels like it was for nothing. So, yeah, yeah I mean, uh, we, we've had to, uh, you know, we, we, we've tried to be fair throughout the process, even after we found out what's happened. You know, you, you have to tell yourself, the horse was bought, the horse was trained for six months. You know, we, we did see some evidence of that. And so we, you know, we, we have to accept that if there wasn't a, a scam, it would have actually still turned out to be a bad investment. Um, and that's why we're, we're just seeking to have the money paid to Simone, the trainer, um, for the work that he did and the extra money that we paid for the balance of the, the three months in advance and the 
registration with Osiris and the registration of our colours. Um, so monies that were paid to Gary but weren't actually used for anything. So uh, one one final question so we can let you guys get some sleep. Um, <laughs> do you guys, because it's nice of you guys to come on, uh, for one. Uh, I'm glad you guys were able to make the time for it. But are you guys are you guys so soured that you don't want to do this again, or will you be uh, looking at maybe doing it again, but trying to find different client, trying to find a bloodstock agent differently? Um, well, I'll speak for my, myself, and then maybe anecdotally for some of the syndicate members that I'm on the call, and, and then Max can speak for himself. I guess I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm. A big horse racing fan and um, find a different uh, level of interest in, in horse racing uh, as an owner. I, I'm a member of a, another syndicate um, in the UK uh, for a, a jumps horse. Um, so it, it won't put me off um, horse, race, horse ownership. Uh, it won't put me off being part of a syndicate. And actually, I, I personally keen to get involved in a horse in France so that my memory of French horse racing isn't permanently tarnished by this experience. Um, I do know that one of, one of the, the really unfortunate things in this situation is a number of the syndicate members, it was their first time of horse um, race horse ownership, um, a number of them are, are relatively young and at least two or three of them have said, I will never own a horse again. So that's a real shame in all of this, uh, that it, it potentially has put people off ownership. I do, do my best to, to convince them that maybe if we had a good experience um, next, then we could forget about what's happened. But um, they're pretty they're pretty hurt by what's happened. Uh, I don't know what you feel, Max. Yeah, I can mostly second that. I think I think part of the real shame here is is that. Simone Brogy seems like a real stand-up trainer with a good eye for horses, and I was quite excited to own a horse with him. While we've been doing this, we've always been monitoring the other horses he's running, and he's had plenty of two-year-olds run well, win, place, and the whole idea of horse ownership in France versus the UK, where you literally get pennies and prize money, um, is actually quite exciting. So personally, it's still something I'd look into in the future, but I can echo what we heard from the other guys, and I know it's going to turn some of them off from ever considering something like this again. Um, personally, I, I, I'd be open to looking into it, but at the same time, I'm a bit afraid that our professional relationship with Simone might be soured with him being 15,000 euros out of pocket, which is at none of our own fault. But obviously, um, he's been training a horse for free for six months. He does it for the love of the game, but he's not seen a penny for the horse. And at least the horse has been paid in his relationship hasn't been tarnished with the French sales agents, but there was a lot at stake here for him as well. So Gary's uh, damage goes a lot further than just us and the syndicate. He scammed out of money. He's risked a trainer who's had no fault in this as professional reputation at both sales and as a trainer, which is unacceptable, really. I think I think Caitlin and I both agree on that. Um, mm -hmm. I find it unbelievably disturbing. Um, and thank you for bringing it to my attention, Phil. Um, I try to get it out as, as best as possible, and I'm glad I did. Um, 
and uh, I'm glad you allowed me to do that. And I think Caitlin and I both echo the fact that we really truly hope that you guys try to come back and and purchase another racehorse and um, and try to do and you know try to enjoy it. It's a great it's a great it's a great sport to be in and it's a great sport to to be a part of and uh, we hope you continue to do that. Again, we thank you for being on with us um, during this space. Uh, thank you for the invite. No problem. Yeah, guys, have no worry. I'm a blast this guy, so anything <laughs> I can do. <laughs> so, uh, so one thing we are going to do is uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try to make this into also a podcast for those that did not listen. So this way we have it in perpetuity, and uh, people can listen to it later on, and go from there. Because I think it's I think this is more important than anything that we've done uh, since last week. Uh, because last week was important. I think this is important, and uh, we thank you guys for giving us for for trusting us in doing this. Um, you know, you could have gone anywhere else, and you chose us, so we appreciate that. No, that's fine. Um, and that'd be great if, if you turn it into a podcast. I know that a number of the other syndicate members are, are keen to, to hear the hear what's been said. Um, obviously, with the, the timing um, in the UK, we can all can all make the call. Yes. Um, and for those of you that are on the space now, there is a good chance that I might actually jump on tomorrow morning and just discuss a couple of horses that are to be watched for the uh, uh, UAE uh, racing that uh, begins really in earnest in about three weeks, but some horses to watch are running tomorrow morning, and we'll discuss those. But uh, tonight, it was all about it was all about Squiggly Syndicate and the injustices that uh, Empire International Bloodstocking have done. To not only them, but to quite a few other people that we've uh, been in touch with, and it's sad to see that this gentleman is still, um, you know, basically being able to sleep at night without any form of ramifications. Any last thoughts, Caitlin? He'll get his ramification, you know, not necessarily from us, because I mean, who are we? But you know, eventually the house of cards fall. And like I said, social media is a powerful tool and his name's going to be out there. So if I was him, I would not try this again. Alrighty. I love the fact that Caitlin gets it. We, uh, for those of you that are listening to the podcast, um, we are taking a two week break for the holidays. We will be back, uh, first week in January. And I have efforted a guest that I think a lot of people will want to have. So hopefully that's, um, that that comes to fruition but it'll be very cool to do it so thank you everyone for listening we appreciate it and have a good evening thanks everyone thank you have a good night everyone. have a good night